Hello, my finest friends. Welcome to another Rahalastapa. This week, it's the return of one of my favourite ever guests. He's a fantastic comedy genius. Uh, overwhelmingly so, Armando Iannucci. I do recommend his uh, brilliant book that we talk about in this podcast, as well as uh, Avenue 5 and all the everything. You know, he's pretty much you're guaranteed to have a good time with Armando Iannucci. Uh, he is Fantastic. Uh, look, we're doing Rahalastapur at the Edinburgh Fringe and tickets should now be available. Go to richhang.com slash gigs or richhang.com slash rahalastapur slash tour and you can see all the links. I haven't booked any guests yet, but I'm aiming to get uh, the top guests possible in Edinburgh. I think it's the 3rd to the 14th of August where we're doing, uh, Katie's doing Drunk Women Solving Crime as well. So why not go and see that if you're in town? Uh, there's a few gigs at the Phoenix and the Deer Shed Festival as well before that, so richhane.com slash gigs if you want to come along and see us recording live back at the Leicester Square Theatre in September, October and November as well. Um, anyway, let's sit back, relax and enjoy Rahalastapa with the amazing Armando Yanucci. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who's finally finished his latest book, on bollocks, it's Richard Herring! First draft, it's only the first draft. Uh, hello, my fan friends, uh, and welcome... Oh, I've just lost my page. I can't do it without the book. Uh, welcome to another edition of Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Uh, but I was talking to Johnny Five from Short Circuit... <laughs> He, say, he says it wouldn't be cheating, by the way. He said I shouldn't feel bad about it. Uh, so what happened is fine between the two of us. I also was talking to Ben Jabatiai from uh, Short Circuit as well. He was there too. I don't, what, what was he up to? I don't want to go. Didn't talk to him. What was, you know, that character, Fisher? What's his face? Anyway, uh, Johnny Five calls it Rahalastapa. So we're going to, that's, that's fine. Gonna, <sighs> right, yeah, I finished my, uh, I finished my book. That's, that's done. That'll be out in October or something, so buy that. Uh, we'll see how it goes. It's nice to, nice to get that over with. Um, I, I have been thinking a lot. A couple of weeks ago, in the last two weeks, uh, I, did, I revealed uh, that my son had woken me up at 6.30 uh, in the morning uh, to ask me if ghosts have bum holes. Uh, and <laughs> been thinking about it. I didn't know what to say. It was a good thing to wake up to, and it's quite a good question to... Have to I mean, they probably do, right? But a ghost is just an apparition and a shadow of things that once were. Unless the ghost has no clothes on, the lower half. And I've never heard of a naked ghost, even though loads of people must die. Now, I presume when, you do, when you're a ghost, you're wearing... That's what ghosts, the TV series, whatever you're wearing at the time, that's what you wear, isn't it? And, uh, but in the, the, they presumably they can't take their clothes off once they're dead. So in essence, they have only have the things that you can see. They're see-through, aren't they, ghosts? So they don't have any internal organs. So one can assume they don't uh, have any internal organs, so they probably don't, probably don't have bum holes. Unless you can see their bum. We need to see a, a ghost with its bum out <laughs> to finally answer this question. Uh, also, they don't use their bum holes, unless I suppose they were doing a poo when they died, and it's sort of hanging out of their ghost bum. <laughs> Get I've never heard, you'd think you that would have happened and no one ever says I saw a ghost with a turd hanging out the back of it. <laughs> Why not? Lots of people must have died like that, Elvis. <laughs> anyway, thought about it a lot. Uh, <laughs> let, me, uh, 
Let me uh, also uh, say at this point, I have to thank some people who backed the Kickstarter. And thank you to Rob Hughes, who says to me, thank you for introducing me to pub and club comedy nights all those years ago in Brighton. That's code. Uh, <laughs> That's all right, Rob. Any t don't, tell the, don't tell the wife. And uh, uh, the Kings of Wessex Fast Maths alumni group. I was, part of, I was part of the Kings of Wessex Fast Maths. I did maths in a year and pure maths uh, in the next year. So, you know, I'm very I can't remember any maths at all, but no, I was very clever. Or cow for mag, as the nerdy kids call it. Uh, uh, special sub-mention to those who also survived the Hugh Sexy 4-H experience. Now... It's difficult to explain to people who didn't go to my school what the Hugh Sexy 4-H experience is. I'm not quite sure. There was two middle schools that fed into the Kings of Wessex School. This is where I went to school, so some, someone from Cheddar. Uh, there was Fairlands Middle School, which I went to, and there was a school called Hugh Sexy's Middle School, <laughs> which you can imagine. I mean, we've got no... Actually, surprisingly little humour out of that. Imagine having a school called Hugh Sexy in this day and age. Where'd you go? Oh, yeah, go to Hugh Sexy. Yeah. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm 10 years old. Yeah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah, we all have to have sex with the teachers. That's not... Anyway, Fairland's rules. Keep sexy as shit. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I'll tell you this one. I was going to save this till next week, but I can't, I, I can't wait to tell you. Uh, another uh, thing my, uh, from my son. He's a, good, he's a good source of comedy. He's better than a... He's actually better than a bollock for a comedy. That's the thing. If you grow them for long enough, kids start to pay you back eventually. This is good. Uh, we drove to London Zoo uh, this week, and on the drive down, my wife was listening to Gina Yashere's um, audio book, and she said, oh, should I put it on? I said, yeah, and she put it on, and Gina Yashere was just saying fuck every two minutes, <laughs> and the kids were in the back. So we explained to the kids that, they, you know, there are some bad words and that kids shouldn't repeat them, uh, but the comedians often say bad words. And Ernie said, I like comedians, and I felt pleased about that. You know, I thought, he, I know how much he looks up to me. So I said... I'm a comedian, I told him. He said, no, you're not. <laughs> I said, I am. He said, you can't change colour. <laughs> so, it's pretty good, isn't it? Pretty good. He didn't even know he'd done it. He didn't even know it was a joke. <laughs> so let's crack on. I think we can crack on. Uh, Mike, yeah, let's not mess around. We've got a good guest. Um, so... And, you know, I can mess around a lot when we've got rubbish guests, but when we've got good ones, I should shut up. Uh, my guest this week is probably best known, best known for writing, as I am best known for as well, for writing on, on unknown episodes of Up To Something, the 1989 sketch show, starring Mike Haley. I think Shane Ritchie was in it. David Schneider was in it. Up To Something. Ladies and gentlemen, will you please welcome Armando Iannucci. Here he is. So Amanda Iannucci, up to something. Uh. Do, you, uh, do you remember up to something? No, I, I think some pre-written material from <laughs> college days got used in, in that. But I, re I remember the show, yeah. yes. But I, 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 I never remember watching it. <laughs> so, I don't yeah. think I watched it. Dave Schneider rang me up. Yeah. And he got his big TV break and yeah. said, can I do that stuff you did about magicians? Can I do that? Okay, yes. No, said, he asked me about my Shakespeare yeah. sketch. So he just got yes. some of our stuff on. Yeah, I made 50 quid or something. Oh, great. I was very happy. Yeah. Very just small acorns. <laughs> um, and at that point, our TV CVs were exactly the exactly. same. We'd both, we'd, if you looked at IMDb at that yeah. point, you go, wow, those two... 
exactly yes. equal. Right up to, but not including <laughs> Alan Partridge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, um, just listening to your yeah. son cackle on there, yeah. um, in, if he knows his Milton, yeah. Milton describes the angels as having bottoms. Does he? Because he describes angel farts. Right. He, he talks about the angels eating normal food and, and he talks about matter from corporeal to incorporeal turn. So the, the angels turn the, the solid matter into gas right. and expel it. And does it yeah. smell nice or horrible? There's, there, there, we don't know. We okay. just don't know. We just don't know. Science hasn't got that. Right. Part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not. I don't think you can call an angel a ghost, though. I mean, no, that's, no, no, no. That's right. I know. I, I know. I was massively generalising <laughs> and, and sort of quite offensively <laughs> saying that angels were just like ghosts. Where yeah. in fact they're two separate <laughs> cultures, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, angels, I've been reading a book about uh, the anatomy of God by Dr. Francesca Stavrakopoulou. Okay. Uh, and the, the, gee, uh, the, God had a dad and he had 69 brothers. Uh, and that's possibly what, what angels are, are the 69 brothers oh, of, right. of God, who then sort of knocked off his dad okay. and became the main one. And is this true? Well, I mean, it's how much of anything we've said so far is true. <laughs> I mean, I think up... I think up to something existed. Oh, right, okay. But I think yeah. after that... Although, as I said, I've never seen it, so... <laughs> we can't be sure. It may not, you it know, it may just be entirely fictional. Yes. may not, so yeah, that's good. Um, mm. Well, look, it's been uh, unbelievably four years since you've been here, Amanda. Yeah. Uh, and you've, you know, you managed to do a bit of stuff in the last four years. Well done. <laughs> Given two of them were, you know, lockdown, you've done pretty well. Um, uh, I've just been watching today uh, again, which I did watch at the time, Avenue Five, which uh, very. I think like it's interesting mm -hmm. because I think out of uh, it must be difficult when you've got like the pedigree of shows that you have. When a new show comes out, everyone's kind of judges it yeah. very quickly, right? In you think? relation to the previous, yeah, one. yeah, yes. Uh, yes. And I feel like maybe Avenue Five, like a little bit, of people went, oh, I'm, I'm not sure. It's not sure. got politics. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure it's this in is space. But, Never uh, done that before. It's yeah. uh, it's really good. Oh, good, thank you. And it's yeah. and again, it's you've sort of managed to predict the future in your work, which you seem to do an awful lot. In that it's a lot. It's basically a lockdown. It's comedy a lockdown. written it, before lockdown. It went out during lockdown, but <laughs> right. it was about people being trapped on a space cruise liner. Yeah, meant for eight weeks, but it, something goes wrong, so they're stuck up there for eight years. And it went out the week that all the cruise liners were trapped in <laughs> Japanese ports and things like that, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm uh, not saying I am responsible for COVID <laughs> as part of some publicity push. It feels show. like it. I'm not saying that. I feel like, you know... Um, and I don't that, want anyone to think that. You might not be uh, doing it on purpose, but I think you might have some kind of power to... <laughs> to, to so a lot of the thick of it things came true, didn't they? I think we talked about yes. that last time. And this, yes. is, this has sort of come true. Mm -hmm. um, but I was watching today the few, there's a few of the middle episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, I mean, there's, there's, again, there's, it's sort of very much of... It's about truth and about how people... Uh, aren't, aren't, aren't really uh, able to believe anything yes. anymore. Or oh, people believe only what they want to believe. Yeah. Yes. And so there's a very, very funny scene where uh, where some of the passengers decide it's all a hoax and and and, and, go, out and, the and go out, but then just can keep going out but even they, though they've so seen people. One lot of people go out the airlock and just explode <laughs> in space. Someone else says, "No, that's just visual effects <laughs> uh, done very badly." So some more people go out and explode. Yeah. 
And then they go, okay, MD else wants to go out. And then more people go out. Yeah. And that went out <laughs> the, week, the week that people were demanding in America to go into department stores that were shut because of COVID. They were right. all just kind of shouting yeah. and demanding to go in. Yeah. I mean, it's very, you know, it's very mm. true. I mean, obviously, that it's, it, that's, was in the air, that, that yeah. idea of people not believing, not, not believing. knowing what to believe. Yes, yes. And choosing to believe. And it's very, yeah, it's very Trumpy. And of course... Since then, we've had the whole, um, you know, Biden didn't win the election, the election hoax thing yeah. that's suddenly become a kind of... Um, it's, it's talked about so much that people, you know, half of America believes it. Yeah. You know. Do you think... And I'm, I just sort of wonder about that as a political ploy. Mm. Does it, is it not... Do you think that that can work? Because if you start... If yes, you, I But do you think it, it can work in the long term? Yes, I think it do can. Do you think it can? Yes, I'm just going to keep saying yes, yeah, okay. <laughs> I can, and then it will work. Because I think that is, I think, um, I know this is a comedy podcast. No, it's fine, we can be safe. But I fear that in the next two or three years, if we don't get it right, we will see the end of democracy, truth, and the planet. Yeah. Uh, in that order? In that okay, order, yeah, yes. Otherwise, you know, One will lead to the another. Yeah. <laughs> in the, you know, we're already seeing what's going on in, in the misinformation in Russia that seems to be working within Russia. Yeah. We may well end up with, if not Trump, someone like Trump saying, uh, Democrats are not patriots and, patriots and therefore, you know, any election that they purport to have won, they haven't. Yeah. That's not true. And that come into effect. And then the America pulling out of all the um, climate change agreements and consequently the end of the world. But then that sort of, not working out in the long term, is it, for, for Trump? <laughs> if, the, if the world ends, then yes. that's sort of, he's sort of lost. Yes, I think the point is that he doesn't think the world will <laughs> yeah, end. <okay>. You know? <laughs> yeah. But also, you know, I just sort of think if you create this group of people who are that, mm. uh, that mad and who believe whatever they're told, then that can easily ter be turned against you, though, surely. In some well, point. yes, but it seems to be that actually it's infectious. And, yeah. and that now, I think part of the problem is that you know, whatever we see on our screens now, we, we sort of don't quite trust whether it's on the BBC or whether it's on some website because it all kind of looks roughly the same. You know, it's possible to, it's possible to construct stuff that looks legit, yeah. even though it's someone in Macedonia in a bedroom kind of compiling it. It looks a bit like the Washington Post, but it isn't. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's the problem. So the, it's become more def, difficult for us to be able to distinguish between what's factual and, and what isn't, what's fictional, you know. So, no, uh, we're fucked then. We um, are fucked, so. Do you think, I was going to ask you, you know, like obviously in the Ukraine, a comedian's become the president and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it hasn't gone that great. <laughs> but, yes. but he's turned out to be very good in the awful situation that he's yes. ended up in. Thankfully not doing comedy. No. So. <laughs> But, but actually doing the job that yeah. he was elected for. But do you, yeah. Think, yeah. do you think we should do the same here? I mean, you would be a good person I would nominate to be the, the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister. Of which party? Uh, well, you could, be your own, you could be your own party. Well, he's yeah. his own party, isn't he? Yeah. So you my can my problem party. is, I, you know, the closer I've come to observing politics, the more I've realised how odd these people are. You have to be odd to think that... Um, uh, that that you are the best person to run the country. I mean, there is something <laughs> odd about that. Yeah. And in order to get to that job, you will happily join a party and agree with everything that the leader says 
until you become the leader. That's, yeah. I mean, there's already a number of kind of compromises you have to make to get. To, I don't think I would get that far. But then, you know, he started up his own party and like yeah. 70% of Ukraine voted for him. So like yeah. it's, you know, it, because he went, because he did that TV show, didn't he? And yeah, the, but we have a system in the UK where you can't do that. You can't start a party and it take off. You know, the closest we've come UKIP? Is, is UKIP. Did but they never well. got, they got one MP. Yeah. You know, they, they yes, they got, um, they got influence over uh, the, the whole debate on, on Europe. But it was David Cameron being scared of UKIP that caused the referendum. Yeah. But UKIP didn't didn't actually get more than one MP. No. And then after the referendum, they didn't get any MPs. And and then uh, you know Nigel Farage starts a different party every week now, <laughs> just to get on you know get on whatever yeah. panel. Have you yeah. ever had him on here or have you? Uh, not yet. No. Not yet. He's very funny. He's, He's uh... very. He's only, he's, got, he's only got one testicle. Did you has know he, that? Only he, got one he had testicular cancer. So, oh, really? Uh, I am doing a podcast where I interview people with one testicle. Are you? Yeah, so I could have him on that. But he's quite scathing about the NHS, I believe. I think, quite, <laughs> I think he was quite annoyed with the NHS. I was quite pleased they saved my life, but he seems yes, annoyed. He's a bit annoyed that yeah, they saved your annoyed, life. Yeah. He's annoyed about me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we haven't had. I don't think. I was saying backstage, I met him on this week, and it was. Mm. It, I couldn't even really look him in the eye or. Talked to him, but he had a very. There was an unpleasant. I've heard fugger, angel you know, fart I, around him. There was. A... <laughs> yeah, to use the technical. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I have heard, but I mean, obviously, for legal reasons, we can't say that he's, you know, a cunt. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, but I, I've heard. All, all I can say, there have been allegations. Yeah, there have definitely been. Like, I'm, I could add to that. <laughs> you know. Unproven, I'm but sure. you know but, he uh, is the most. He's possibly even though he wasn't elected. Well, he's elected as the European Parliament, wasn't he? But he, yeah, he's probably the most successful politician of the 21st century in the UK so far. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, and we did know. predict in Time Trumper that David Cameron, who was the Prime Minister at the time, would do something so awful he was never seen again. <laughs> we never, we never specified what it was, and and behold, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Well, let's talk yeah. about give it. Let's talk about lockdown. Yes. How how was how was your lockdown? Well, I think like everyone, it it was you know good bits and bad bits really. Yeah. Um, uh, it was it, the start of it coincided with my having already scheduled to take some time off because I just finished doing Avenue Five. Sure. And um, and David Copperfield had come out, so it was quite busy. So I I was going to take a, you know some time off, and then lockdown happened. So it was sort of, it didn't, I didn't feel like I'd suddenly been stopped in my tracks. But, you know, as with, you know, my mum my passed away very on in yeah. lockdown, N not from COVID, you know, she was 93. Um, but I, I, think a, I think a lot of people like my mum who had dementia just shut down suddenly without the contact, without understanding why no one was coming to visit, yeah. you know, that, so that that was hard, um, and you know we had the very sparse funeral. Um, at the time, the parties were happening. In just to remind you <laughs> that I haven't forgotten about the parties. Uh, the parties were happening in yeah. um, number ten because they were working very hard. Yeah. Um, unlike us, because yeah. we weren't working. We weren't working. Well, we, weren't working. we weren't working. We you know, or we were, we were working so hard there wasn't time to party. If we there wasn't were in the time NHS. To party. So you know, it's fair yeah. enough. They working very hard. Oh no, they had a little bit of time to party. I remember right? passing hospitals where there was a big party <laughs> yeah. going on in all the wards and 
<laughs> surgeons were going, yeah, we, we've got five people on ventilators today. Let's have some wine. And um, yeah, because yeah. they were working. Yeah, they were. So and, and it was quite, it was okay for the, for the consultants and the nurses and so on to have parties because they were working flat out. So yeah. that's, I think it's acceptable if you're working flat out. You have a party, yeah, um, <laughs> uh, under a great deal of pressure. So, um, so that was happening, and then and then we started writing Avenue Five season two, but it was very difficult. It was, it was all on Zoom, and I kind of like, you know, I like people in the room. Yeah. And I just like to be able to bounce off people. Uh, this is the first time actually I've been in front of people with naked faces. <laughs> this is um, yeah, they're very anti-mask. My my oh, fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, I've got one. One of them. Come on, what's wrong with you? Take your mask <laughs> off. Be like the rest of us. What's wrong with my face? Have <laughs> yeah. it. Um, <laughs> there is full just for listeners. There's full facial nudity in this theatre. Yeah. Um, so yes. So there was that, and so that was tricky. We started filming Avenue Five. At the, I've so lost track of the years as well now. When was it? Twenty twenty was the yeah at the end of twenty twenty. We lasted for about two weeks because COVID was just yeah. so um, getting you know, g getting in the way um, that we shut down after two weeks. And I I decided that actually we wouldn't start again until September of last year. So we had quite a long yeah. gap then. Yeah. Yeah, um, and you wrote, of course, your... Uh, I wrote a poem. A mock heroic... A mock, e a mock epic poem, poem yes. Yes, which, which wasn't planned. You know, it sort of spilled out. I think, I mean, I hadn't... During lockdown, I think a lot of people took up hobbies like, you know, knitting and <laughs> sourdough and learning Italian and stuff, and I, I, I didn't do any of that. But I did sort of fiddle about with words and stuff, and then this poem started really just for my own kind of therapy in a way. I didn't plan it to be, I didn't know where it was going. I didn't plan it to turn into something. I didn't plan to publish it or anything. I just, it just grew. And, and occasionally, and it would come quite quickly for a bit. And then after about 50 lines, I'd put it away and maybe a whole month would go by and then I'd pull it out and write a bit more and yeah. put it away. So over the course of the year, it just grew really. I mean, it's quite, I mean, it's very, it is funny, but it's you know it's there's a lot of pain and anger in there. It's well, quite, and it's quite painful to read just to be reminded of the the stuff well, that happened. Actually, as much I as wanted you're to do something that sort of um, sort of encapsulated I think what we all went through, yeah. which was you know the highs and the lows and the fury sometimes of just watching what was happening on the television and the press conferences and you know decisions being made very late on in the day and billion multi billion dollar contracts going to friends of friends of friends yeah. and all that. And, and, and so there was that public uh, thing that I think connected us all really. And yet the private thing that every individual person or family, you know, uh, or, or um, household went through privately. And I wanted to try and do something that connected. So it wasn't really a summing up. It was just more a kind of uh, attempt to try and encapsulate, articulate what was going on, all yeah. the sort of mixed emotions i suppose i mean it almost feels like you know there could be i mean it could i mean it could keep going on <laughs> you could be adding to it all the time i think i will we are, yeah. we're possibly doing a stage version of it later this year and okay I, I, it was written before the parties emerged so yeah. I, I will have to go back and do a whole new kind of uh, supplement i mean it really does it lends itself to yeah i, I would i was thinking maybe an animation of it but yeah a stage because there's so many wonderful like all the 
all the donor, all the people who were going for the contract sort of become this amorphous mass the of circle legs. of friends. Yeah. Yes, and it's like a vision of hell because it's a whole clump of people who are all kind of feeding off each other and and kind of knowing each other inside out. They're all knotted together in a big kind of incestuous mound yeah. of friendship and connections yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> things like that yeah. yeah no it's really good it's you know it's a lovely small short it's a small book, short book which i love yes because i can read i can read it twice so there you go it's good <laughs> so <laughs> might read it again might read it again yeah yeah i've read it twice as well yeah, yeah. um and so when you were, so you when you were writing avenue five yeah. by zoom yes did, and, and did and were you in, was it did you find you were being informed now by the lockdown because it did, did it sort of become well part, some of the, the things that, you know that we're all it was already about you know what is leadership and the whole idea was you know i've always loved sci-fi but it's not really about aliens and it's not star trek it's really just what happens if six thousand people are stuck together for a long time and just basically have to start again in terms of what are the rules? Who's in charge? Yeah. What does leadership mean? How do we educate people? So it's really a kind of social yeah. thing. Um, and therefore, and those questions were bubbling along anyway. And, yeah. you know, how easy is it to believe stuff that is clearly not true? What is leadership anyway? Um, and, and all of that, really. So it, it sort of did feed into the second series. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and well, it's a bit like Voyager, right? Right, you know, the Star Trek Voyager, which is about the the a starship that gets abandoned. Yes, know, that's right. Yes, beamed across, and they're trying to travel yes. home. So it's sort of a similarish yes. idea, but with <laughs> where, where they make their journey much longer rather than cutting, yes. cutting yes. time. Off. It's exactly that. In fact, we've just stolen that, <laughs> right? And, and put some gags in. <laughs> but it's nice the science. Yeah, <laughs> well, get seven of nine in, and I'll definitely yeah. keep watching. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and it's a lot of the, the t- because it's a team thing. Uh, yeah. As, as, a, as a lot of the, the these. The, yeah, I kind of like working with a big yeah. cast and um, an ensemble. Yeah, and but it's yeah. a lot of the people who work on Succession, right? So, so there's a. Or oh, some of the writers, yeah. Yes, some of the writers, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. they originally worked on Think of It in Veep. And yeah. Then, so right. did Veep sort of lead to the door opening for Succession? Is do you think that's? A, it did in terms yeah. of HBO because Veep was the first thing HBO did that was actually it was very British based in terms of we all wrote it here, and and we we shot it in Baltimore but we edited it here. The directors were all based here, and yeah. and so the kind of the actual production office starts here, and then and it kind of gave them uh, confidence to start doing more stuff. Yeah, in, based in the UK, really. Yeah, terrific. Yeah. Good. Right, I'm going to ask you some emergency questions, and then I'm going to talk about. But we got to that point already. Where no, I just thought because otherwise I'll just, just... Whisk, whisk, whisk through everything, and we won't have done any. <laughs> I, thought I was going to ask about ghost bum holes. We've covered that. Um, <laughs> uh, do you think the uh, photo that will be used in your obituary has been taken yet? <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what do you think it is? I think it the has. photo will be me driving into the Kremlin. <laughs> with suspect devices running Yeah, but see, but you don't, we don't know what you might do in the future. I yeah. think it's interesting. I'm sure there will be a photo of you, but mm. I think with you, it'll be a bit it'll be a whole page of you if it's a broadsheet, I think. And there'll <laughs> there'll be a picture of like there'll be pictures of the things you've created, but what, you know, it's difficult to work out there'll what There'll be they're... things I'll be like my face and it'll be like at the center of a spider's <laughs> yeah. web. Well, this... So it'll it'll, you know, partridge, yeah. Malcolm <laughs> the the in the thick of it they'll say yeah. rather than the thick of it. You know, the Alan Partridge show, they'll say. <laughs> you know? But, you know, you, your obituary could be just a photo of Steve Coogan. That's, that's... 
And everyone will go, oh, no, Steve guys. Oh, There'll be some, on, there'll be on some incorrect ones. There'll be Brass Eye, um, <laughs> Toady Farino, and stuff. You know, succession. I hope it hasn't been taken yet. I hope uh, it's you as well, a very, so very old man. It's sent a chill through um, my soul. That has. <laughs> All right, this one might do as well. We were talking about uh, butterflies the other week and the way that a caterpillar goes into a pupa and melts uh -huh. and then turns into a butterfly. If you could enter a pupa and melt and come out as anything you wanted, it could be you or it uh -huh. could be someone else or it could be anything, yeah. what would you like to come out of I a think chrysalis? Steve Coogan. I think Steve Coogan. I'm quite like yeah. that, actually. Yeah. Would it be Steve Coogan now or Steve Coogan, a young Steve A young Coogan? Steve Coogan. So you could enjoy. Fresh. <laughs> you know, just about to kind of embark on the yeah. whole partridge. Uh, so you, would thing. you have done the WH Smith's adverts already? or That would that, be, be, be behind the, the <laughs> But the whole hacked off kind of campaign with, yeah. with Hugh Grant will still be ahead. Yeah, that's still ahead. to come. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What a life that would be yeah, yeah. To, to relive. It <laughs> would be fantastic. But he'd uh, have my voice. <laughs> but if he had my voice, his entire career as a as a very skilled and talented impressionist yes <laughs> lodged and would, would be gone wouldn't it because it would just be me going yeah hello i'm roddy corbett <laughs> <laughs> hello i'm now i'm jeremy paxman <laughs> hi hello uh, <laughs> hi do you know who i am i'm dame judy Dench. <laughs> can't you tell from the way i'm behaving yeah it'd be it's, an interesting... it's me you could if you shut your eyes you, you've smelled Judy Dench. <laughs> Go on, try it. See. Shut your eyes. I'm doing it. Smell me, smell me. Yeah, it is Judy Dench, it is Judy yeah. Dench. That's the thing with the chrysalis, that's the danger. It's like the Twilight Zone chrysalis, so you yeah. wish for something. But you but could then, come out, if, yeah, you'd come out if a laboratory assistant had put a kind of <laughs> pin yeah. or a smarty yeah. in the Petri dish at the same time, yeah. you could come out as a massive smarty. Yeah. Get the M&M &M gig, wouldn't you? Then yeah, you'd be you on the adverts yeah, for that. Yeah. <laughs> that would work out. Good work. But it's out. got a life. I mean, <laughs> at, you know, after the M&M &M gig, then what? M&M <laughs> <laughs> &M tribute, kind of. Do you think gig? that with the, if people ate a bit of you, would it grow back again? Do you think if you were an M&M &M person? Or oh, they turn into it. They, no, they could they, turn they, into so you. it's infectious. <laughs> it's infectious. We'd have to take tests. We'd have to. I think I'm coming down with. The massive M and M. I'm not thinking I should go into work today. Yeah, but it'd be so delicious, people wouldn't be able to resist. <laughs> Even they would, knew what was going to happen. They go, I still have to be eat so a bit. Huge of that. as well, yeah. and you, the, you'd be banned from schools because it's bad for the. You know, they've got yeah. to have a healthy diet and stuff. True. But you could hang outside schools. <laughs> it wouldn't be odd. It wouldn't be odd. It. it because it's it's just M and M's. Okay. Yeah. Do you think we could? This is a film idea we could do together. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> film is so old school. How is it? Okay. This <laughs> is a Netflix um, ten one-hour episodes, <laughs> six season. I've got the whole arc mapped out. Six season. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Did, did you? Did, did, I think we talked about it last time, but you had the idea about um, Donald Trump in the, in a bunker and yeah. being told that there'd yeah. been a nuclear. Was that was he being told there'd been a nuclear war, but there hadn't been? Well, that was just a tweet. A tweet you had that nearly. I, the, yeah, the premise was he thinks he's governing, but in fact a whole right. replica White House has been built. Yeah. And he's been shoved inside it. 
well, actually, America's governed properly. <laughs> and he must never know, but a fortune is spent on an alternative Senate and rallies and everything. <clears throat> and I just tweeted that. I think I was in a doctor's waiting room a bit more. I tweeted it, and I, <clears throat> at the end of the day, I had 12 offers from <laughs> major American studios. Well, you wait till after this podcast is aired. Yes. The M&M The M&M. It's going to go through the roof. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to ask you a new emergency question. It's sort of new. Mm -hmm. um, if you could own and live in any building in the world, they would give it to you, where would you choose to... Again, I think I'd probably go into the Kremlin. Yeah. With a suspect device okay. strapped to my <laughs> waist and, and take it from there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to ask you about David Copperfield. Now, mm. I, I had an issue with the... The casting of David Copperfield. You had an issue? Yeah. Um, Surely. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a middle-aged man, mm -hmm. and I like to see things done in a proper way. Yeah. Why did you cast people from the 21st century? I know. In that. They, know. Should all, they should all have been Victorians, right? They should have both. <clears throat> and we did, to be fair, we did try that. Yeah. Um, and we filmed, there's 10 minutes of footage of us. We dug up... Um, from various graveyards, not just in London, but, you know, in, in a kind of... To open it up to the kind of... the regions, we dug up from all around the country and, and we got Victorian corpses and skeletons, yeah, skeletons. to uh, take part. And it just didn't work. <laughs> it did... It was this sort of... It was the pervasive immobility of... Yeah all of the cast yeah. that sort of slightly rendered, there just wasn't energy to it. Okay. And I kind of wanted a bit of life, a bit yeah. of, you know, a bit of uh, whatever. Well, I'm disappointed but, yeah. uh, in that decision. Um, you messed around with a bit, David Copperfield. Did you think about um, doing a scene where David Copperfield goes and meets Shrek and, and they live <laughs> together? In a, that would have been quite good in the middle, just they go and he goes, just, and, hangs, goes and hangs out with Shrek. For no reason. Yeah. You mess around with it. Why not put a Shrek? Just, Dora. <laughs> I think I must go and visit Shrek, and then yeah. just and then go yeah. have an adventure. Yeah. And then back to well, again. To, to be the... fair, we did film, um, <laughs> but that was again with the corpses. So right. Shrek and it's, there is Shrek and corpses, and there's a pervasive sense of just green to all of the <laughs> yeah. um, <clears throat> bodies involved. Um, it's very good, David Coffield. Well thank, done. Thank you very much. You won a Writers Guild Award. Yes. I was there. I saw. Uh, oh, were you? I yes. saw something. Well, my wife won an award. Where did she? So I watched her win an award, and then very I good. watched you win an award. Thank you very much. I I couldn't go because what? it was I, I, we were still because my wife has various sort of uh, we, um, uh, you know, autoimmune kind of thing. So we've been very very careful, right. and it was the very start of. Um, it's fine. You don't have to wear masks anymore. It's fine. Yeah. If you've got COVID, actually, and you're unwell, you don't have to feel unwell. You don't have to... <laughs> just don't say you're unwell. Um, if you're very ill, you don't have to feel... You don't have to believe you're very ill. Um, it was just the start of that, and I kind of felt a bit nervous of... Um, yeah, no, fair yeah. enough. It's only the right is good. Paul Chuckle was there. Oh, right. So, you know, she, you could have met Paul Chuckle. He could have gone out laughing. Your yeah. wife could have gone out laughing. <laughs> Yeah. Got to balance it up. Do you know in the death of Stalin, yeah. when they move Stalin's corpse around, you can hear Paul Whitehouse going, to me, to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat>
Well, they're very influential. I remember the last time we did this, yeah. and you asked me an emergency question, which yeah. was, do you think Stalin could suck his own cock? I did, yeah. And as I went home, I thought, oh, I know what I should have said. <laughs> which on. was, he probably can, but he wouldn't. He would get someone else to suck it for him right. in case it was poison. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, we'll edit that into the other. <laughs> we'll edit that in. So we'll take that from this and we'll put it in. And you'll look. Yeah. Do you think uh, David Copperfield ever tried to suck his own cock? Well, I mean, in the in the book there is Mr. Dick. Yeah. Um, in uh, in the old Curiosity Shop, there's there's a character called Dick Swiveller. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, you've got to make that. You got. Yeah. You've got to make that. Just next. that. Again, as a Netflix kind of <laughs> yeah. 10 one-hour episode for six, I think 16 seasons, yeah, I think this one would be. Yeah, that would be good. Be. That would work very well. Um, with a kind of reality element as well for the, for the young people. <laughs> kind of, will they, won't they? On an, on an island. <laughs> Dick Swiveller's <laughs> island. Uh, <laughs> will they? The, the thing is, they've, they've, they've been married, but they don't know it. And <laughs> then they reveal who's married to who and whether they'll get on, but yeah. we won't let them get on because we'll stir it up a bit yeah. for sociological reasons, <laughs> not for entertainment. And it'd be really fun to watch them psychologically get damaged. Okay. Um, Apart from that idea, are you planning to do any more of Dickens's work? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's it. Got <clears throat> it, yeah, okay. Uh, it's, you obviously got a, a lot. You, you love the book David Copperfield. Yeah, pretty clear yeah. from the, the stuff I've read. It's quite a modern book. It's yeah. funny. It's, you open it, and the opening chapter is David being born. It's written in the first person, David being born, and just trying to kind of work out what things are, just trying to process light and sounds and people's faces and smells. And it's all written in sentences with words of one syllable and so on as he's trying to just master just the world, really. Yeah. That's a very modern kind of, almost Joycean kind of uh, approach. And, and this was a bit, book written in, you know, 1850. It's like, yeah. yeah. He wasn't very nice, Charles Dickens, though, was he, as a bloke? Does that matter? Well, he had good bits and bad bits, yeah. I suppose. You know, he was very, you know, he was very into charity and, and, and social causes. But I think a lot, with a lot of these people who have a big public profile privately, you, you know... There's a bit of farage about him. Yeah. <laughs> to, use the to use the term I'm now going to employ for okay. anyone who's... <laughs> yeah. God, I saw him. He was such a farage. He really was. He was. Well, it was thanks to your film that I could answer one of the questions on The Chase when I was on The Chase. Oh, fantastic. What was they it? Asked, it was, what's the uh, title of David Copperfield, the full title of it, which is the title of the film, isn't oh, it? Oh, right, the personal history yeah. of David yeah. Copperfield. Very good. So, uh, you know... Day. What did you win? We won one hundred and fifty thousand pounds. So I'm fifty thousand oh, pounds. So, yeah. For a kitchen or for yeah, no, just, uh, just just spend it on coke and hookers. Uh, they said. <laughs> then they came back and said, "Oh, you meant to give that to charity?" I went, oh, so oh I spent fuck it. that. <laughs> Someone once told me a story about uh, some newspaper was ringing up various people saying near Christmas time, you know, what is your wish for Christmas? And they rang up a bishop, the bishop of, you know, I'll say Leeds, but it's not the bishop of Leeds. I don't know what it was. And, and, and he said, I'd like a, just a, a nice box of chocolates. And then when he read the paper, everyone else was going for world peace <laughs> and end to famine. <laughs> and the bishop, just a nice <laughs> box of chocolates. <laughs> 
you know. He's the only one who got what he asked for. The only, and the, the only one who was being realistic, you yeah. know, if you want to be kind of, you know, Liz Truss about it. You want to absolutely, you know, sensible, you know. Got to live within your means. And wish, wish within your means. Wish, you know, wish what's possible, not what's impossible, you dick. Um, yeah. Oh, hold on, there was, was there... Oh, look, there's a couple of, so there's a, I mean, we might have talked about you nearly being a priest before, but you, I didn't know that you, you nearly got into... Well, I'm not the, nearly became well, a priest. It's not like I kind of, like, accidentally <laughs> was nearly, you know, <laughs> ordained by it. Um, at one point, because I went to, a, uh, my second school was run by, it was a Jesuit, a Catholic Jesuit yeah. school. Uh, but there weren't that many Jesuits in it. And I suppose, you know, like anyone when they're 15 or 16, they, are, they get very, very, really into one thing. And I suddenly got quite religious in right. a kind of Catholic way. Um, but that didn't last. I mean, it lasted about eight months, and I thought, stupid idea that is, <laughs> you know. But you could have been, if you'd, if you'd carried on, it could have been a priest, but you also nearly got into the treasury. Nearly, nearly got into the treasury, yes. I sat at, 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 at university, I didn't quite know what I wanted to do because I think secretly I wanted to do comedy, but yeah. I just thought, you can't, how do you apply for that? So this before um, you were a producer, obviously. Yes, so this was like while I was still an undergraduate. And, right. I, um, and I thought, well, I'll apply for the civil service exam, which they do, and, they, and I got through all the layers of it until the final interview at the Treasury. And they said, in the end, they thought I probably wouldn't take it seriously. And they were absolutely right. Because <laughs> I came that close to coming up with a poll tax for everyone. And, uh, yeah. That'd be, again, can you see an alternative? You know, because it's sort of mm. weird, isn't it, that, that things happen and chance, chance things yeah. happen. And if you'd if, gone that if way, if gone that if way, that, yeah, you could, could be yourself. prime minister now. I could have been prime minister, yeah. <laughs> could have been chief secretary of the cabinet or yeah. something. Yeah, I could, have, I could have been sending out an email saying, hey, we're going to have a party later because <laughs> we'll be working really, really hard. Uh, bring a bottle, yeah. Uh, but that, sadly, that didn't happen. No. Yeah, yeah. And do you think, I know a few people have asked you about this and yeah. this is a, a question you get asked quite a lot, but... Do you think the thick of it and the way that it, you know, the way it made politicians and, the, and all the civil service look, do you think it actually encouraged people to behave like that? Do you think it had a sort of, or do you think it was, do you think it was a reflection of what was happening or do you think it sort of affected I, politics? I, I don't know. I mean, it, it always disturbs me to read that certain people getting into politics now see Malcolm Tucker as a kind of role model. Yeah. Because when you analyse any episode of the thick of it, it's basically something minor happens. <laughs> Malcolm comes in, tries to sort it out and makes it 10 times worse, leaves blaming everyone else. I mean, that's fundamentally... Any episode, so you know he's not really a, a role model. Um, and, and yet Dominic Cummings is sort of super Malcolm, though, isn't he? Isn't he sort of a, a weird kind of intellectual Malcolm? Yeah, yes, yeah. you know that deliberately maverick kind of uh, let's stir things up a bit. Yeah, and then things don't go well, and they go, "Why is that?" And it was because you just try to stir things up a bit, and that usually doesn't work. In, yeah. a, in, a, in a highly rule-governed uh, organisation. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've had various... Well, look, various politicians or ex-politicians have said to me, well, you know, there's lots of people in politics who do a lot of good. To which my answer is, of course, you know, but that wouldn't make an entertaining show, just seeing someone <laughs> come in and just work hard and, you know, 
but I've also had people come up to me and, and say, like in the opening episode of The Think of It, they have to come up with a policy at the back of a car. They've got 45 minutes. They've got to come up with something that, um, you know, doesn't cost much but sounds good. And I've had various politicians come up to me and say, I've been in the back of that car. Nice. <laughs> and that's been, you know, the eye-opener. When we were researching The Think of It, was just how little time people have to decide anything and how kind of improvised an awful lot of it is, how they're just lurching from one day to another, just trying to get through it. Um, and that, so a lot of that, a lot of politics now is very just reacting to the bad headlines from the week before and, and trying to do something about it. And know? how long do you think... I mean, this podcast isn't going to go out for a while. Do you mm. think Boris... I mean, like, it, in the ones we're doing in January, we're saying, do you think by the time this goes out, Boris Johnson will still be Prime Minister? So when, when, when is this going this out? This will be out in a, quite a few weeks now. So, yeah, oh, right. okay. maybe April or May. But it's interesting think... because I heard today, i.e. if you're listening... Well, you could be listening any time. Yeah. Um, end of near two thirds of the way through March. Yeah. That the police are now having direct interviews with some of the suspects in the party gate. So they're taking they're taking it one stage further. Yeah. So I mean, they're being very fastidious in their work, aren't they? They're, they are. they're really taking yes. their time. Well, well done. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to well see. Well done, them. the police, for your <laughs> studious efforts into trying to find out who went to the party. <laughs> Um, from the photographs that you've been given <laughs> of, of not terribly well-known, very anonymous-looking people <laughs> that no one, you know, could identify at all. Yes. So it may well, it may well reach the stage. Well, will it matter, though? I mean, will, will it... When it, it's sort of because it's taken so long as well. I know. Will is, it just get to the point where we go, yeah, he was there, OK, well, now we're on I the I mean, that thing. is the kind of frightening thing about how the news cycle works now, which yeah. is just, if you've heard something for about five or six days, then irrespective of how that event concluded, you just think it's all over. So, yeah, the party thing. We were so annoyed with the party thing, but that was so three months ago, wasn't it? Yeah. You know? And, and I think politicians do that a lot. They do a lot of that kind of, look, we've been through this many, many times, <laughs> so I'm not going to go into this again. Well, why not? Because, yeah, we may have been through it many, many times, but, but we haven't actually got to the bottom of it yet. So we are allowed to persist in interrogating you about this until we get to an answer. But it's easy to go... I mean, you've asked me this three times before, and, you know, I've avoided it then, and I think... <laughs> I think you can see that, you know, that, that, that this matter is now behind us. But the only time they ever go is if they choose to, if they say, okay. Yes. They've got to have an, some shame. That's what's changed now, uh, yeah. this, this <laughs> idea. I mean, even Matt Hancock is now seen as like some golden example of <laughs> political integrity because he went because there was a photo of him yeah. breaching the guidelines, you know, and he immediately went. And that was the last... Ever since then, it's been a kind of, you know, we make up the rules and if we don't want to go, what can you do about it? Yeah. And I think it was interesting before um, Russia invaded Ukraine, before that was like quite rightly dominating the news, we were almost on the point where it was interesting to see whether actually Johnson would have had to go, despite his kind of trying to bluster out and, and stick with it. Yeah. He, and having a huge majority... It would have been interesting to see whether, in the end, the force of public opinion was such, the disgust was such that he, 
his position was untenable. I don't think now that's going to happen because there's so much else going on. That, but then, all, the, you know, all the oligarch stuff has come out and that's still, you know, yeah. there's literally yeah. nothing. Yeah. You know, he's and, then, and then he said that the you know Ukrainians fighting for their own independence is like people voting for Brexit, yeah. which makes you know the forty eight percent of people who didn't vote for Brexit <laughs> makes them quizzling, supine, treacherous, freedom haters, yeah. um, including Liz Truss who <laughs> voted for Remain, Sajid Javid who voted for Remain, yeah. I mean, you know, it's offensive to everyone, but, you know, yeah. and, and, and the Ukrainian people <laughs> yeah, yeah. who would quite like to be in the EU. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I know. There we go, never mind. And you, but it sort, of getting, it sort of feels like we've... What, where, did, where did the point change where politicians were no longer culpable for anything they did but like comedian like so comedian it seems like comedians well, will I think it was say things and make jokes about things and be yeah. in more trouble than I think the, it was Donald politics. Trump saying before he was elected saying I could shoot someone in the face in Fifth Avenue and yeah. still get elected and then get elected that's <laughs> I mean I think that's the point where everything changed yeah and we're now in the UK we are taking that as an example you know politicians are going well if he can do it I mean, I don't see why. So we've had politicians, you know, at one point, we had someone in the House of Commons standing up and saying about the trade agreement or something. Um, someone from the government standing up saying, yes, we are breaking international law, but only in a limited and specific way. As if somehow, <laughs> you know, if you were stopped by the police yeah. for speeding and you said, yes, I am speeding, but only in, a very, only, only in this road. <laughs> So in a very limited, specific... You know, I will slow down when I go round the corner, trust me. <laughs> if they go, oh, yeah, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. No, 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 I don't see a problem there. Yeah. But that's... That, so that's where... So that, so that... I think that, for me, that's the point where things changed. Yeah. yeah. Is that, do you think, there's a, do you think we, we can pull it back? Do you think, do you think people... No. You don't? No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we can. No. No, I don't think we can. I think once these things happen, it's like inventing nuclear weapons. You can't uninvent them. You know, when you start saying, just elect any old nonsense and say anything, because, you know, nobody's going to believe, you know, what they say if you say, no, that's not true. You know, you've, you've reached a point. You can't... It's very difficult to undo that, I yeah. think. Well, I guess, you yeah. know, World War Two, the pendulum swung back the other way after the Nazis had been defeated... And things were kind of nice again for a little while. For a little while, yes. So but I think you know, that yes, it just has to get a bit worse. Yeah, and quite a lot of people have to die, and then it'll swing back, and then we'll be maybe be reasonable people again. Well, yes, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes, there comes a point in every conversation where you have to bring up the Nazis. <laughs> and, and, um, but what I'd say there is, I don't think they were. You know, when they said, here are... Uh, I mean, it was very clear what they were going to do because Hitler wrote it down in a book. Yeah. And, and then they went... I'm not saying, therefore, they were very honest. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> but I think, I think we're in a different situation here where you're now allowed to believe anything you want to believe. You don't have to be swayed by evidence or fact or science. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Science and evidence and fact are just one part of this complex jigsaw of life that we're all going through and emotions and feelings and perception 
and uh, persuadability are all part of it now, I think. But eventually, surely, the people who are using facts and, you know, science... Yeah. If you have a society, that will be better than the... You know, like in the, mid, in the, in the Middle Ages, people yeah. believed a whole load of shit. Yes. And, you know, time passed and they stopped... They stop believing those things. Most of them, yes. May, you know, and it is a bit like that. You know, like the fact that some people believe the Earth's flat now. Again. Yes, but again, you're sort of you're sort of predicating the argument on the assumption that there will be lots and lots of time in which this thing can <laughs> yeah. be turned around. But if there isn't lots and lots of time because of what they're believing now, yeah. If if time is actually running out, then yeah. I mean, you may choose to believe that we do have lots and lots of time. But I'm, I'm of the opinion, I can't prove it, that if we don't change things, we, we won't have much time. Yeah. But if we don't have much time, then, you know, waiting for the pendulum to swing back the other way may be a, a little bit um, uh, whistling in the wind. Okay. It's quite, um, quite depressing. I know, it is quite bleak, isn't it? This is like some sort of Beckett <laughs> Two of us up on this stage just going, well, where, when will it end? How will it end? You know, but you know the. I know you're sort of interested. I think I think I've heard you. You might be doing something about social media as your next project. Uh-huh. But the internet, it should be. I mean, obviously, any any system of information can include lies, and you know, books yeah. books can be full yeah. of lies. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But you know, you'd sort of feel the internet should bring the world together. It should make. It yes. should be able to. I've got, you know, I've got people I talk to in Russia yeah. via Instagram or whatever who you know, might listen to this podcast or whatever, mm-hmm. and you can have a conversation with them. No, and you'd it's think brilliant. That, yeah. You'd think that the, that would bring the world together and make people yeah. think but, we're all getting screwed over by but, the people at the but top. But anything, you know, anything is, is, you know, as good as or as bad as the people that use it. So the internet is huge. Yeah. You know, it's global. And therefore, it encompasses all that's good about, you know, humanity, but also all that's bad about it. And the question is, you know, is is which way will we allow it to go? I mean, it is a fundamental battle between yeah. <laughs> between right and wrong and good and evil. Um, um, but in, in you know, in, in individual kind of cases, but the cumulative effect, you know, we just don't know. Mm. It's uh, every way we turn. This conversation is getting bleaker. And it bleaker. is. No, yeah. I am an optimist. I'll just, I'll just forget all that. <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll be absolutely <laughs> It'll be fine. fine. I think we will get our asses together. We will sort it out. We'll come up with a plan. Um, I think Biden will win another four years. Um, the, the, the Republican Party will hang their heads in shame. Um, <laughs> climate change will become an acceptable thing and we'll sort it out. Um, there'll be peace talks and everything. It'll, it'll be absolutely fine. Okay, good. Yeah. I feel better yeah. now you've yeah. said that. Yeah. And I believe you. So what are, you, are yeah. you able to talk about your, your next projects or is it, well, is it still... it's not secret. It's just I'm still, still in the process of thinking about, you know, where it starts and where it's going. I mean, I have a rough idea of what it's going to be about, but I, I think until until we're a bit further into the process of it, uh, you know, anything I say now will change in yeah. two months and whatever. So, okay. Yeah. All right, well, I won't ask you anymore about that. No, don't. Don't. I'm sorry. I'm not, you know. Sorry to be very evasive. No, no, it's okay. For, sorry to be bleak and evasive. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We all came, we're having a lovely time yeah. talking about M&M men, weren't we? And yeah, then yeah, it all yeah. Went. Can we do more of that no, stuff? Let's talk about that. Yeah, we'll, go yeah. into, we'll go into that. We'll see if we can find something in here. Okay. Um, <laughs> let me see. 
Okay, I've never asked this question before. I don't even know what it is. What's your favourite drink? Hold on. If you found out that it was actually made out of wasp urine and always had been, would it still be your favourite and would you carry on drinking it? <laughs> what is your favourite drink? Well, I'm from Glasgow and um, <laughs> actually wasp urine... <laughs> Fizzy, fizzy wasp urine yeah. is actually... Is a thing. Is a your thing you can only get in Glasgow. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. So uh, that, that would be... You would keep drinking I'd, I'd keep drinking that, yeah. I yeah. how much urine you can get out of a wasp. Yeah. How many wasps do you need to make a glass of wasp urine? You'd need several nests, yeah. I think. Yeah. And a massive hammer. I mean, a mallet. <laughs> a mallet. I mean, let's not fuck about yeah. A massive pile driver. Do you know. think the wasps are kicking? Because the bees do all the honey stuff, right? Yeah. They what go, do they wasps the, do? They don't do anything. They kind of... They don't, you know, they've got all the... They dress up, they, they walk the walk, but they can't talk they the can't talk. They can't talk the talk, yeah. They, can't. they must be jealous of the bees. I think my daughter told me the wasps do something that helps the bees. Do you know about that? <laughs> <laughs> they're like just, bees. They're bees helpers. They do just, something just, just like the, kill things they, or something. They just clean the hive when yeah. the bees are out, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> Just, I've got all the got all the wax out and stuff. You can start. Yeah, I think they do but something do to the fla- do? they do something to the flowers. I think. And then do they? That, the wasps. Then, yeah, they piss on them. The piss on them. Yeah, and that piss, piss makes piss the... them up, and then the bees go. Is that wasp piss? I smell. <laughs> I must go over and have a closer look. Oh, it is wasp piss. But by the time they've done that, the pollen's gone on the bees' legs, and and that's how nature works. I think David Attenborough said all that. Um. um uh, yeah, okay, next. What happened to Lazarus the second time he died? There's a... There's... Because he died yeah. once. Yes. Brought back to life. Yes. Is he then alive forever or does he then die again? No, I think... I think he died with a look of shock and disappointment uh, on his yeah. face. Do you think... Or did he think, it's all right, Jesus will be long in a minute? To get well, exactly. Him, I think he got lots of people round. I think yeah. he <laughs> had some illness that was, like, fatal. And he got all his relatives and family around and he just went... Hang on a minute. Just, just, just you watch. <laughs> he was being given the last right. I and mean, he's going, yeah. okay, just, just hang on a second. Just, no, no, ooh. And then, yeah. gone. Gone. And you and, don't, you don't know, do you? Well, unless it goes to heaven. And the thing was, as soon as he died, everyone in the room laughed. <laughs> <laughs> they just went, ha, it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One trick, Pody. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> That's the thing with Jesus. A lot of the miracles, mm. they're good for a bit, aren't they? And they're then, good for a bit. And then... Yeah. And, like, yeah. I feel... Apart from the water into wine, that would be a... That's a real money. Well, if you uh, do, if you but can, he only did it once. He did it once, yes. You know, you could do that all the time. Yeah. And, like, he cured... Or other flavours and drinks. He could... He could wasp water into wasps piss, for example. <laughs> that's in but some of the Gnostic gospels. He had the ability... If you had the ability to... Well, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, it's... <laughs> He you did turn water into wasps. He actually turned water <laughs> into wasps' piss. Yes. He could, do, he could do that. Yeah. If you had the ability to cure leprosy, uh-huh. he, wouldn't you spend your whole life going around curing leprosy? Yeah. He did, a le- I think, 13 lepers or something. Yeah. You, you should know. You've studied it. <laughs> he did, like, yeah. less than 20 lepers. Yes. I mean, that seems yes. rude. Yes. <laughs> and it's not big enough for, to be a kind of, you know, a, a scientific kind of... Uh, for research purposes, right. it's not a big enough number pool no. to to get any kind of uh, you know information from us. Yeah. yeah, yeah, lazy actually. Lazy, lazy. I mean, yeah. I would. Go, well, I... We're not lazy. Sloppy. <laughs> just do some. Just, Sloppy. Just yes. cure leprosy. You're the cure son of God. Just, cure, just get rid of it. Say, you know, Dad, let's get rid of leprosy. Fish becoming bread and stuff, or whatever. <laughs> <You know? laughs> What's all that about? You know. 
There's supermarkets. We don't need someone actually going, Luke, have another fish. There's a Tesco's and, you know, that's, that's, it's easy, that stuff. We've got, you know, Trollerman to do all that. <laughs> I wanted to ask you this. I've got this one written okay, down, especially on. for you. What is the most surprising thing that has, or person that has ever leapt out at you? <laughs> leapt out at me? Yeah. Jeez. Anything leapt out at you? Anything leaping out at you now? No, just an no. assassin. Uh... Leapt out at me. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been leapt out of. Uh, we can. We'll make sure some. If okay. Someone. Someone listening Just, to this. If you see our man. Oh going, no. I'm not going to spend <laughs> the rest of my life kind of going. Oh, hang on a minute. I haven't been in this room before. What happens if I go? Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Just for the rest of my life. You know. It'd be shame. I was just at the uh, traffic lights, uh, the pedestrian crossing in Leicester Square, mm -hmm. I had just had my sandwich, and I was standing next to a man, and he looked at me and said, I just want to say you're my hero, which is quite nice, mm -hmm. isn't it? And then he walked into the road, and I said, what, chat, there's a bicycle coming, and I stopped him being run over, so I, I felt... I don't know whether he... Oh, wait, that's yeah. demonstrating what a hero <laughs> yeah, you are. Well, I suddenly thought I didn't feel like I was a hero, and then no. I saved his life, so I sort of feel... <laughs> Yeah, maybe you know, as I saw... was coming here, yeah. I saw the Batman up outside, oh, yeah. and I was thinking, well, first of all, what is the Batman about? I mean, fundamentally, what's... I mean, I can imagine someone with a superpower and the Marvel stuff. I get all that, yeah. but I don't... He's, he's a wealthy man living in a dirty city <laughs> going after odd criminals <laughs> for, yeah. for, for, a, for a laugh. Yeah. That's... I don't, that's it, yeah. That's it. That's, yeah. And I get, and, but, I, but time and time again, you know, whenever they reboot the Batman or the Batman or Batman. I mean, Batman usually, he's, now he's the Batman. He's the he's, Batman. He's usually Batman. Does he, does that's he, the difference. I haven't seen the film. I haven't seen it, but he's but the Batman. Does he now. say, hi, I'm the Batman? <laughs> you know, just so you don't confuse me with Batman. Yeah. I'm the Batman. Um, and I was then thinking, as I turned the corner to come, I was thinking, who would be the British equivalent? Who's, the, who's a wealthy individual who, yeah. yeah and I, I was thinking of Jacob Rees-Mogg would be <laughs> would be our Bruce Wayne I think yeah. in a way yeah that's yeah. as far as it went and then okay. I arrived and I thought <laughs> you know again, I think we can work that this... if you were offered millions to direct a superhero movie would you do it or are you do you want to because ca that's what often happens isn't it the director yes. has successful films and then people come to them with that or do you mm. want to just do your own ideas I want to do but, but I also um know too much about what's happened to directors who've taken on these films yeah. and then um especially if they're only just start you know they become they're known for an indie hit or something like that and then they get offered whatever yeah you know the flash or you know egomaniac or whatever i don't know <laughs> the venomous turd and you know <laughs> the turd the turd <laughs> i'm the turd that's definitely jacob reese no, in, that, in that role <laughs> <laughs> What's your superpower? I just um, I make ghosts poo. Yeah. Um, There's always got to be poo. <laughs> um, I, and I know that they they have a terrible time, and two thirds of the way through the process, the film is taken from them and is completed by the studio. So right. I just would find that awful beyond imagining. But you've also, I mean, it must be because if you're a showrunner as, yeah. as you are on all yeah. these shows, it's a it's a massively prestigious uh, role, and obviously we've seen in show business that a lot of people let that kind of power go to their heads. In, yeah, absolutely. And you see, yeah. you seem to be unchanged. Well, I I try not power. to. It's yes, it's uh, 
it, yes, I suppose it can. There is, I think, I think being in that role or being a director on set, there is a power thing going on, which is why you hear all these terrible stories about yeah. how abusive um, people can be on set if they have that kind of control. Or something. So it's important to surround yourself with people who, you know, I, you know, you you work with alongside and and you're respectful of each other. I do remember when I was doing a, uh, we were doing Veep and um, we were walking back for lunch and one of the background artists, extras, but you call them background artists, just went, hey, Armando. This was in Baltimore and I turned around and I went, yeah. He went, I fucked your mom. <laughs> and I went, I'm sorry. <laughs> I fucked your mom. I hear you're British, you like cursing. <laughs> and I was so flabbergasted by this that, and I, what I should have said was, I'm a showrunner for this production <laughs> and I would like you offset. But I, I was so kind of flabbergasted, I just walked away trying to work out, because it was, it was so wrong, you know? I mean, you wouldn't show that to anyone. Let alone anyone who is officially your boss. <laughs> but also, it doesn't work. It's not, it's not a cursing thing. It's a, it's a weird kind of, you know. And, and so I was sitting at lunch. <laughs> and, and it does say, you know, in your contract, there's a showrunner for HBO, you can't have people killed. You know, if that is what it takes to get the artistic. I was having lunch and Julia Louis-Dreyfus was opposite me and I, and I told her this story and she just looked and then laughed and laughed <laughs> and laughed. She just thought that is so out of order that it's, it's actually very funny that it, it's, it's sort of, you know, it's, it's like if I just suddenly poured, I don't know, kind of hot coffee over your face all of a sudden yeah. for no reason. Yeah. Expecting to get a laugh, you know. <laughs> I think you get a laugh, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> but the first AD, the first, the first assistant director came in and went, "What's his name? I'll get him. I'll get him. I'll get him for you. What's his name? He's off the show." And I thought, "No, I can't. I can't do that. That's yeah. that's just." Uh, and I just let it lie. And then I then told this. We then won an award at some <laughs> some LA um, non televised but LA kind of thing for, for Veep. And I told this story and I got a laugh. Uh, and then Brian Cranston won an award for Breaking Bad. And up on stage in front of a whole auditorium, he just turned to me and went, Armando, I fucked your mom. <laughs> she got around a bit. That's all I can say about him. You know, she's, it's nice. Nice to hear she had fun. It's really, you should have promoted that. That's what he was hoping for. The guy, the, the supporting actor, if he just said, you, yeah. you're now the star of this. <laughs> I, I love, love it. <laughs> I love it. You're going to be the face of this next episode. You're going to be in Times Square. You're going to be, you're going to be all over. You're a superstar. <laughs> Barry Gibbons in <laughs> Fuck Your Mums. You know. It's, Two, three, four, five. Oh, dear. We're gonna have a big franchise. That is brilliant. That is, that is brilliant. Hello, fuck your mum. Yes. <laughs> yes, he's in a meeting at the moment. Yes. 
Is this about fuck your mum? Yes. Yes, he's very busy, but... Um... Oh, you've got an idea for another one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could, be, could be like the... Yeah. It's in... Uh... Oh, it doesn't matter. I can't think of his name. <laughs> doesn't matter. No, go on. No, it's... I can't think of the name of the bloke from... The... It's, so, it's going to take me so long to get round to this. It's the... I can't think of the name or what he does. We must see this today. Who's the bloke in... Who's the bloke in the cobbler that I'm obsessed with? Adam... Adam Sandler. Uh -huh. There's a bloke in all of his films uh -huh. who, uh, who says something I've forgotten what it is. <laughs> I think it's Rob Schneider. We can edit this. This can all be edited. This can... What does he say? You can do it. You can he do could, it. He could be... Right, wait. Oh, I... <laughs> hey, you know, you're saying that thing about the I fuck yeah. the, your mum guy. You could, he could be in like... An you said that. Nerves. You said that to... You, you asked the audience for yeah. help. No. To, to, get, to get this information. You know, I've forgotten his name again. What's Adam? Yeah. What's his name? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> T-shirts, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Fuck your mum. Yeah. <laughs> I think Armando, I fucked your mum. I think that's what it's called. It's just the Armando that makes there it great. Are. Armando. <laughs> not even Mr. Yanucci. Not even. No. <laughs> no. No. Were you not tempted just to say, if you'd just said, Dad? <laughs> no, I... Honestly, I'd lost all power of speech and thought. It was just so... It was so... It broke so many conventions, let alone rules. You know. Oh, dear. Good. Well, we can... Anyway, he's in prison. I, I, had to, <laughs> I reported him for verbal assault. It's uh, and, and he's now in jail. Uh, and it's America, so he's in jail for 35 years. Yeah. It was his yeah. third yeah. strike. We're actually, executed. ironically... He is being fucked. Look, it's always fantastic to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming along and especially telling us that story. That's, that's made, it's made up for the world ending. I know. Oh, no, I brought it up again. We can cut all that bit yeah, down. We'll cut that bit out and we'll just have yeah. the fuck your mum. Yeah. I've got a title for this episode. It's all good. So, um... Uh, thank, well, good luck with uh, the new series of thank Avenue you very 5, much. which I'm thank very you. much looking forward to, and whatever else you're about to do, I'm sure will be thank fantastic. You very much. And everyone should buy Pandemonium, it's fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Armando Yanucci! Thank you! Thank you very much, thank you. We'll be back next week with Rosie Holt. Listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Armando Yanucci. The music is by Scant Regard. I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. I'm also indebted to Chris Evans. Not that one, or that one, or that one, or any of the other ones. It's the Go Faster Strike one, of course. Uh, thank you very much to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre for looking after us, all the crew and everyone uh, at ACAST who are very nice as well. Uh, I also have to thank and name the Kickstarter reward backers who this week are Dave Schofield, David O'Connor from BIM, or B-I-M-M, -M, I'm not sure which, The Scruff with the Cat, Neil Barkley, Rosa Jennings O'Connor, Keelan Flynn, Debbie Wythe, Paul Cadle, Ben Taylor, Not Required, James Horn, Luce Howard, Ivor Fran, Kevin Lindsay, Gordon Stephen, Pariak Kaminsky, Pariak Kamiski, Timothy, the artist formerly known as Tip Flaps McGinty, Alan Rolf, Christopher Ellis, Karen, Bil <laughs> Karen Bickley, John Garrett, Matt Butler, 
Jan Geira or Jan Geira or Jan Geira. He got named a lot of times there, my friend. Andrew Dalton, Sean Edwards, Oliver O'Shea, Tony Deacon, Scott Rice Snow, Sean Howe, Darren Hancock, JD, Kylie Burns, James McBride, Venkat Kalati. Thank you very much. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStrike.com production. Go to richtain.com slash gigs uh, and you can find out all about who's coming up in future episodes of Rahalasafar. We're doing the Edinburgh Fringe in August for the first 14 days, so look out for us there as well. Uh, but uh, come and see us live if you can uh, and do tell your friends about the podcast. Thank you very much. Goodbye.